Good morning, I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the spymaster director of our mystery shopping report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Well, good morning, everybody. We're back. Uh, that time of the week when the uh, family here in the studio, the true oldies, uh, goes to talk instead of uh, music. And now we're talking about uh, how to help you buy your next car or lease it, maintain or repair it. You're listening to our recorded introduction, and here we are live. We're in South Florida, but we reach all over the world. Well, let's get realistic, all over the United States and some of the world. Well, we go to Bali. That's pretty cool. Australia. Australia. Yep. Southern Pacific <laughs> is big with their long yeah. cars. <laughs> So anyway, it's a, it's funny, a little old radio show that we started uh, 20 years ago for a half an hour. Here we are. Um, I won't say we're in the big time, but we're we're pretty big. I mean, uh, video, we're uh, live and in, in color. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitter. And uh, stream EarlOnCars.com. You can watch us, listen to us. And uh, we've been doing this for about 20 years. Crazy. Uh, what time we're in, uh, you know, we can't pretend we're not coming out of this COVID epidemic, which is, uh, uh, what a time in our lives, right? And it's affected everything. It's affected us personally, uh, businesses, uh, the economy, uh, some extremely badly. Uh, a lot of people have died. Uh, a lot of people were very ill. Uh, a lot of people are prospering. A lot of businesses are prospering. Uh, Ironically, the automobile business. Who would have thunk it? Uh, worldwide. Uh, boom, like you've never seen before. Manufacturers, automobile dealers, uh, consumers, bond cars, new and used like they're going out of style. And uh, here we are because counterintuitively, because business is so good, it's also so bad for the consumer. you got to be careful out there, folks. And um, you're listening to... Um, the truth, the transparency, right here on Earl and Cars. I always have to give you in full disclosure the fact that uh, we are automobile dealers. This is a, a group of automobile folks in this room, and we are in the retail business. We're active. But this is not, I repeat, this is not an infomercial. We're consumer advocates. We are truly here to help you. And you help us by calling the show. We have some great regular callers. Uh, you regular callers, thank you, thank you. Uh, you're the backbone of the show, and uh, we listen to you, and we look forward to your calls every week. And we look for new callers, too, because we're getting bigger and bigger. And because we have more sources of, of feedback, uh, crazy stuff that nobody has, anonymousfeedback.com, what's that? Nobody has that. If you want to talk to Earl Stewart on Cars... Anybody here, Nancy or Stu or Rick or me, 
You can do it anonymously. You got an axe to grind with Stu? Let him have it. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> YourAnonymousFeedback.com. They tried that last yeah, week. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, he, he irritates me sometimes. Yeah. So I might send him an anonymous feedback myself. Earl is so much nicer than I am. <laughs> anyway, uh, communicate uh, the way you'd like to communicate with us. We have a real simple, uh, we love the telephone. Remember the telephone? I guess we call it a smartphone now. I don't know what we call it. A communication device. 877-960-9960. That's what it's all about. Communication, your questions, your comments, your jokes. Because we are entertainment, not just informative. Call us, and uh, we prioritize the phone calls. Why? Because we've only got three or four lines coming in. And when we get busy, because we've grown so much, uh, the phone can back up and you can be either get a busy signal or get put on hold and you don't get taken care of. So we, we give you priority. Uh, Nancy Stewart, my co-host, she watches her computer screen very carefully. So when someone calls at 877-960-9960, she screams and yells, waves her hands, and pokes me in the ribs, and we try to quit yakking and get to the phone calls. And then we have the second tier of the fax line because fax is kind of in. I'm a fax person. I used to be a phone person, now I'm a fax person. And uh, Rick, what are you, a fax person? You're a YouTube person. I'm everything. Yeah, he's everything. Yeah, <laughs> Multi-channel. You're, 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 you're pretty close to being a millennial, so you're a... Uh, yes, yeah. well, well, actually, we're... We're now we're actually on the older side of the Generation X. Yeah, Rick and I were both born in 1968. We're puts us three years into Gen X, so yeah. we're three years removed from being baby yeah. boomers. Well, I, I still drive ride a horse, huh. so I'm, I've been around. Well, you're in the silent generation. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> horse and buggy. Nancy and I come every morning in the horse and buggy. Right. Uh, I'm only kidding. A V8 horse and buggy. Anyway, uh, what a time we're living in, and I'm, we're happy in this in this uh, studio. We don't have our mask on. I can't, you know, every time I pull up to the studio now, I reach for my mask, but we don't have to because we're all vaccinated, and that is really cool. And uh, it's freedom. It's like almost like getting your first car. I mean, it's a freedom machine. We, you know, we can yak. We can look at each other. We can hug each other. All uh, I'm not going to hug Rick. Thank uh, you. But I, <laughs> but we, you know what I'm saying? We can shake hands, and it's, it's, it's good. And that's where we are. So here we are. We're happy. We're prosperous. Uh, the worst is, is behind us. I really don't think it's coming back. I think the world is going to be a better place, and we're here to have fun, and you're a big part of the fun. So, uh, so I don't yank, and because we can't get our phone lines together, uh, I'm going to ask Nancy Stewart, my co-host, uh, who is a co-founder of the show. That's very important. Um, and uh, has been with us, uh, for, uh, with you and with the, the team here for a long, long time. For a while, just Nancy and me. And here we are with a, a wonderful team in the studio. Nancy is our consumer advocate for females. Uh, she's a consumer advocate for everybody, but uh, her specialty is females. Uh, tell us about the special offer, Nancy, that we've got for our first two new female callers. Oh, thank you so much uh, for the first two new female callers. We have $50 for you. $50 this morning. Uh, you know, share with us your 
Well, negotiating skills, uh, whether or not you feel you paid the lowest price for your vehicle or tell us about your lease, uh, service, anything at all, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. But uh, remember, you do have to call in for the $50, the first two new lady callers and uh, don't forget uh, if you're a little bashful besides texting you can go to www.youranonymousfeedback.com and voice your opinion now back to the recovering car dealer uh, it's all about communication folks i mean we can get right to it uh, I, always, I always like to remind you even though it's on the recording thing that we, we sometimes drift off into a buy car show a lease car show uh, uh, Rick Kearney is such an important part of the team here because we find more uh, challenges today with the modern cars than we anticipated. We're going through some rapid technological changes and cars are more difficult to drive today in a lot of ways. You can drive them the way you always did, easier, but if, if you want to get the full usage out of a car, you have to know more about it and that's a real challenge. And uh, you probably don't know half of what your car can do today. Rick Kearney can help you with that. Uh, there are not going to be a lot of problems, but if you have one, he can help you with the problems too. Mechanical, electronic, computer-wise, he can help you there. So don't forget, YouTube, he monitors YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Cars, And uh, if you have a mechanical, technical problem, it goes right to Rick. Let's get to our communications. Uh, we're, hopefully we have some text or some anonymous feedback. Stu, what do we got over there? Well, we always kick off with Anne Marie's uh, inaugural text every morning, so we'll, we'll do that, keep the yeah. tradition going. And Anne Marie starts off with a Tesla question. She says, good morning. Tesla, uh, Tesla offers a feature called full self-driving system. This phrase has led to some confusion because the system is reportedly not a fully automated automated autopilot system that some people feel the phrase implies. The videos of sleeping people in Teslas going down the highway are rather alarming. Yes, they are. <laughs> Granted, a consumer, an attorney, and a car manufacturer are likely to have different opinions on what to call such features. As a non-lawyer and a consumer, I would think that a feature called full self-driving would allow me to input an address and let the car take me there without any additional effort on my part so I could sit back and relax. Um, apparently, full self-driving mode might be more accurately named enhanced cruise control because of what it can and more importantly cannot do. As a non-Tesla car dealer, um, how would you describe the differences between wishful thinking, delusional expectations, puffery, misrepresentation, and outright lie? Thank you. <laughs> well, I think uh, Stu can answer that because he's driving a Tesla. Yeah. And in fact, he ordered uh, my new Tesla because uh, Tesla has become, talking about changes, it's become arguably the most popular car in the world. Uh, our dealership, uh, we've been, uh, we are uh, Toyota dealers, and the Toyota dealer, the Toyota uh, uh, franchise, the Toyota car, has been number one in volume, number one in manufacturing, number one. I mean, really, really good. Right now, if you do some checking, you'll find Tesla and Toyota nipping and tucking in, in every category in terms of uh, who would have thunk it 10 years ago. So, Stu, uh, 
We went to lunch the other yeah. day in your right. autonomous car. And I, uh, <clears throat> I, I caused Earl to uh, float with weightless for a moment. <laughs> So I gave him a little taste of the acceleration, and I glanced to my right, and I saw Earl about three inches above his uh, his oh, seat. I mean, it, uh, frankly, it hurt because the the seat belt grabbed me yeah, and I didn't so hard. Him. I felt bad that he that he bruised my chest. So we I all mean, laughed after. We were in the ludicrous mode. We but, all laughed. Yes. So on the uh, okay. So to answer your, your the last question, uh, is it delusional expectations, puffery, misrepresentation? I don't know. Um, I'm a fan of the car, and I'm a fan of um, Elon Musk, even though I recognize his his controversial nature. Tell, tell, tell him when we came out of the dealership, and, and you said, are we going to lunch in your car? Yeah. This is Jason yeah. and Stu and Josh, yeah. my three sons and I. Yeah. And, I, and you said, let's take my car. I says, no, my car is right there. Uh, we got to go looking right. for your car. And you said, what's this, Dad? Right. So... Um, Real quick, just to finish that thought, Elon is a master of puffery, so he does exaggerate, you know, timelines, capabilities, and all that. Uh, but I'm going to say this is uh, the full self-driving mode uh, goes beyond uh, uh, enhanced cruise control. And what Earl's referring to is we stood there um, out by the door of the, of the dealership, and I took out my phone, opened the Tesla app, and I hit summon. And then on another, summon. yeah, summon. And so in a different part of our parking lot, um, my Tesla came to life and drove out of the parking lot without anybody, looked both ways, drove over to us and stopped right in front of us without anybody driving it. So very, very eerie looking. Very, yeah, very scary. We're looking around. He said, watch this. We're looking around. We don't see anything because the car's on the other side of the dealership. And we're looking around. And, <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, this car, and, and you look at the car. It's there's a, nobody driving the car. It's a ghost car. It's a ghost car. Yeah. <laughs> so we get in. And so now, just to answer your question, the... The full self-driving mode, which they say um, is going to be upgraded to street-by-street street city turning. Right now, um, if you're driving the car, it still requires driver input. and so, But it will change lanes um, when it sees the opportunity to change a lane. It will stop at a stoplight or in a, uh, in a stop sign. Um, it will... Um, uh, stop if a car goes in front of you. That's some of that are, is the enhanced cruise control capabilities, but um, the navigation part that Anne referred to about putting an address in works on inter on interstates and turnpikes. So um, at this point, um, once you get to the entrance ramp, it will navigate, steer your car onto the entrance ramp, get you on I-95. It will change lanes as necessary and then exit you and get you off I-95. I did it last week going to the airport the entire way. And it was really cool. And it's a little unsettling. you got to get used to it. And they say later on the full self uh, turn by turn driving in the city is coming. But here's the thing where it's not quite there yet. So um, like Elon, I said, uses a lot of puffery. So he says that eventually it's going to be this level five automated driving, which is literally you can go to sleep drink a bottle of vodka and the car is going to get you there they're not even close to that yet it still requires you it prompts you like if you're coming up to a um a traffic light it's going to it's going to default to the safest thing which is stopping at that light so it'll prompt you and you got to like pull on a little lever to say no i'll go through that light and i think that's great because if there's something that their system can't recognize as a danger it's better to default to stopping than crashing into it so we're not there yet and amory just a short answer to your question i'm going to say it's puffery um, but it keeps improving that's the cool thing we talk about this on the show every new capability for these cars is going to come in the form of an over-the-air software update so when they want it, when it can do more, it's just going to update and yeah. do it. Let's Rick, have we are right now in the days of 
like 1895 to 1900. We're all riding on horses, looking over and seeing this thing with four wheels cruising around with no horse in front of it, and we're staring yeah. at it like, yeah. what in the world? Yeah, good point. And the people that are driving them, like like right. you right now, Stu, you are the guy. I'm getting comfortable. Carl Benz's first <laughs> automobile. I got a top hat on. While the rest of us are, are riding around on our horses, it's yeah. It's this, great. This is that turning point. Yeah. These are the days when we are going to transition yeah. into a new period. I'm telling you, when you first do it and you're going to enjoy it, yours is going to be here in a couple of weeks. Um, the first few times you do it, it's really ailing and, and scary because you're when you see the steering wheel turning for you, that's that's kind of that kind of gets you in. And there's other cars, by the way. Tesla is a master of marketing, and he's really selling these the the, the potential to these cars. A lot of manufacturers, including Toyota, Honda, Mercedes, BMW, have like what we call that the, the adaptive cruise control in the lane trace. So right now, like a Toyota, certain Toyotas can do a lot of what this Tesla can do, turning by itself on the yeah. highway, coming to a complete stop. And uh, the Tesla's just a little bit further along, but it's pretty cool. And you're right, we're at the cusp of a, yeah. a whole new era. So let's hear some other okay. comments from the folks out there. Uh, yeah. uh, we have, I there's two, there's two th schools of thought on the Tesla. Anne-Marie has one. I think she's a little skeptical of the, of the, um, ultimate uh, conclusion to what we're talking about here, which is going from horse and buggy to the horseless carriage. And uh, we'll see. And uh, but there's two schools of thought, and uh, everybody has an opinion about the Tesla. Yes, definitely. It is the day of, uh, or days, I should say, of wine and roses. Boy, I'll tell you, did you ever think we'd be sitting here talking, you know, making conversation uh, right now about autonomous and uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, how do you feel? Are you ready? Are you ready for autonomous? Are you ready to let go of the control? And um, it's an amazing time. So with all of that said, 877-960-9960. And remember, ladies, give me a call. Give us a call. You can win yourself $50 to the first two new lady callers fifty dollars how do you feel about autonomous cars okay we're going to go to howard who's been holding thanks for your patience howard welcome thank you very much and uh, just a little comment about autonomous cars uh how can a person afford this i mean this is going to be uh, like a, a tremendous amount of money to pay and uh no, I, I don't. I won't be able to afford an autonomous car. I won't be here anyway. But that's that's the point. I, you know, point is, uh, my son, let's say, uh, he's 62, so he'll be around a, a little bit longer. Uh, and uh, I mean, how could he? How much will this cost? Well, Howard, you're you're absolutely right. Like every new technology, it it's, it starts off as a high-end feature, and then eventually, you know, makes its way down as you know the production costs come down. And, and they, they can make it more a little bit more democratic. So yeah, for the Tesla that we were just talking about, that's completely prohibitive uh, against most Americans. It's well over $100,000. And just upgrading to that feature, the full self-driving, is an additional $10,000 option. So that's like completely insane. Um, the only reason we're able to do it is, you know, we put it in our, in our inventory. Eventually, we, we, we sell them. So uh, that's a perk of being a car dealer. <laughs> but... Um, the um, I mentioned in the with the last uh, with Amory's um, text question, um, this tech technology is available on on lower end, less expensive vehicles. Now, I'm not, and they are on the upper end of like, for example, Toyota's 
um, like a, a limited RAV4 hybrid. You know, that's the upper end of the RAV4 hybrid. And what will happen when they have the autonomous car, when it is available, when it is legal? Remember, if they're not legal now. Yeah. And so uh, when the technology is there at the same time the legality is there, the manufacturers will do what they always do to get market share. They'll take a loss or they'll sell the cars at a very low price just to get them established. This is what happened with the latest big technological breakthrough, the hybrid. Now, when Toyota took control of the hybrid market back in the 90s? Early, early 2000s. Late, late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, back then, they were losing the money on every Prius they sold. The, the uh, domestic manufacturers were angry at Toyota because they knew how much it cost to build a Prius, and they knew they were losing the money. And, and that's what happened. Uh, Toyota has deep pockets. So the manufacturers that survive and prevail in this new world with autonomous driving, either they're going to be able to take the hit, sell cars at a loss, lose literally billions of dollars to establish it. Once they get the scale going and they scale the manufacturer, the demand, then suddenly they start making money. And let me tell you, uh, Toyota's making a ton of money on Priuses today, mm -hmm. but they lost the beginning. Same thing with autonomous cars. They're coming, they're going to be here, and they will make money, but right. at first they won't. Right. But, but but they'll it, price them competitively. Yeah, it will be affordable. Yeah. Um, and I, I'll mm -hmm. even say a lot of the features that we talked about can be had for a reasonable price. I think the average, uh, what's the average price of a car, a new car these days? Like 30, 40, 45,000. Yeah, so in the mid upper 40s, you can get a um, same level autonomous driving um, as you do spending 150,000 with a Tesla. Yeah. That's a good point. Okay. Definitely. Thanks, Howard. Good point. Okay. Good point. Uh, good observation. Okay. Have a good day. You too. I mean, we're going to be looking around at Teslas everywhere. Yeah, already seeing them. It's going to be. Yeah. I think we got a YouTube over it's here. Going to be Rich an amazing time, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget, fifty dollars for the first two new female callers. I'm going to keep on mentioning that until I hear from one of you, young ladies, that I spoke to this week. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, and yes, fifty dollars for the first two new lady callers, and uh, don't forget. Your anonymous feedback, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Now we're going to go to Rick. Uh, I think he's got some things down there to share with us. Yeah. Uh, Guy Larrabee is asking, I'm shopping for a recent used Lexus. Presently with COVID and computer chip issues, is it reasonable to ask for a 10% discount off the internet price? Many used cars are clearly overpriced. Um, you can try. It's certainly not unreasonable because that's what uh, where the game is played. And if you don't ask for a discount, uh, you won't get one, and sometimes you will get one. So uh, uh, the, the fact of the matter is uh, used cars are high-priced, and the market has gone up to a higher price, supply and demand. You just have to be very careful when you buy the car today. You're, you're going to pay more for a used car today. There's no way you're going to get around that. And uh, and if you if you're not careful, you'll pay way too much for that used car. So, um, uh, watch the market. Don't ask for a discount, and then when you don't get it, don't buy the car. Or don't if you do get it, don't buy the car. It's just a starting game. Uh, competitive uh, comparison is the only way to buy a car. A little hard, harder with a used car because used cars are unique. If you're buying a Honda Accord. 
there's a million of them out there, and you, there's a million Honda dealers out there, and you can shop and shop and shop until uh, you're exhausted and get a heck of a deal. But with a used car, you find a certain maintenance and repair history. You find certain colors that maybe are not so available, and they're unique. So the used car grosses, we call them in the car business, the profits are higher on used cars than they are new. And we can get away with it because it's supply and demand. Um, but get used to it. If you're going to buy a used car, you're going to pay more today than you did a year ago. About 50% more, actually. And um, if you um, want to sell your car, the good news is you get a lot more. I'd be thinking in terms of the win-win for you uh, consumers out there is don't be a consumer, be a seller. If you have an extra car in the family, take the profit. If you have a car sitting there and the tires are getting square because you're not driving it, it's an extra car. Maybe uh, you have somebody in the family went off to school and their car's sitting there. Maybe somebody can't drive the car anymore. It's sitting there. Look around, shop it, get the highest price. You'll make 50% more on the car than you thought you would. But if you trade it, <laughs> right. and then you, you, you get more for the trade-in if you try hard, but you'll have to pay a lot more for the car you buy. So. Yeah. Sell your car. Yeah. Take the profit. Yeah, now's the time. In, yeah, another thing to keep in mind is when the prices are going up, the, the bigger the costs are going up. So I know we had a discussion last week with um, with a, a caller um, when we were discussing the difference between price gouging and just the increase in, in prices based on demand and, and low supply. So the used car dealer's cost on that car is going up. It doesn't mean that because there's a shortage they're going necessarily be you know just increasing their margin margins by a huge amount now that is happening because dealers are taking trying to take advantage of the situation but everything is a, is a factor including the cost to the to the dealers no. okay uh we are going to phone lines are going that's good <laughs> okay we're going to go to marty who's been holding and uh he is a regular caller good morning marty good morning how are you we're well thank you uh, and the Teslas, they've always noted, I guess it's just uh, because of the Tesla, people have gotten killed in a lot of, not that they don't get killed in regular cars, but they got killed in Teslas because they was doing their automatic driving. So my point is, or I just wonder, you know, what's, do you have to pay attention no matter what kind of, uh, even if you buy a $150,000 Tesla, I would say you got to be on alert. What do you think? Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're, 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 totally, you're totally right. And I think the same thing applies to a lot of high-tech features on cars today without going all the way the autonomous thing. Uh, um, I'll say this. When we went to lunch on Wednesday and Stu was driving his Tesla with uh, me and his brothers, uh, I felt perfectly safe. I mean, Stu had his hands off the wheel uh, just to show what was going on, and we watched it. Um, but I could see where we could have abused that, literally. I mean, Stu could have gotten in the back seat, and I'd have been in the uh, passenger seat by myself. That would have been foolhardy. Yes. So people do foolish things because they have things that they, technological things they can rely on, and they're fun. Uh, <laughs> you can do it with your own car. Uh, I am guilty. I have a blindside uh, uh, lights that go on my side view mirrors when somebody's in my blind spot. And I rely on that. Now, if someone actually turned that switch off and I didn't look in my review mirror or my side view mirror and I just looked for the indicator light, 
I could have a serious accident. So we all tend to rely on technology and that's just a fact of life. I got also I got to jump in. With no disrespect for the people that just got killed, like in that that, that crash that was in the news a few weeks ago. But it, I think in the media it's portrayed like Tesla says it's full self-driving, and then people are jumping in the back seat and sending off their cars on their own. If you dr- drive that car the very first time under quote unquote self-driving, you know that this car cannot drive itself completely. So if you get into the back seat or the passenger seat you're an idiot because yes. you're going there's no way I could have confused after five minutes of playing with this thing that I ever thought that for a second <clears throat> I couldn't be behind the wheel I think these are uh, reckless and foolish people that are uh, drawing a lot of attention to a safety feature that yeah, they you want, or I they, they never want would have done they it. want a viral Instagram video yeah, yeah. I, I, I've seen non-crashes I saw a mom and her 16 year old son some spoiled kid driving his Tesla Model S and his mom's in the back seat. He climbs in the passenger seat and they're trying to get a viral TikTok video. And I just want to say they, I'm not going to say that, they don't deserve to die, but they deserve to be scared. (laughs) But you and I, we wouldn't do that. You know, that wouldn't, it would never happen. Smart people would not take that reckless chance. (laughs) Now my son has a Model 3. He got it about two, two, three years ago. And the thing that I don't like is the screen is the like blind spot monitor and everything so you're looking to me you're sort of looking away from the road to look at the screen to see if anybody's coming Mm -hmm. maybe just because i'm used to obviously the side view mirror and the blind spot monitor but it's like where you had where you said the car came out by itself from the parking lot would it stop if a person's crossing in front of that car as it comes yeah. to get you yes i mean is, is all that programmed in yeah as a matter of fact um uh, it'll actually it, it'll explain why the car is taking uh, it says pedestrian uh, it'll say uh, pedestrian and it'll say it on the on the app and a little wait so it, it can recognize that um i tried it at my house and there was a garbage can on the on the curb next to the car and it, it was having a hard time because of that it didn't want to run it over you know, if I was driving, I just would have run it over. But. Mar- Marty, your observation, <laughs> your observation about n- not looking out the window and not seeing what's really going on because you're looking at the instruments uh, reminds me of the airplane issue. You know, it's, airplanes are way ahead of cars in autonomous and being autonomous. Uh, when you get on a 737, you take a commercial airliner today. Uh, that's an autonomous transportation vehicle. That plane airplane will take off and land and fly all by itself and who knows what's going on in the cockpit now they got it locked but let me tell you something uh there's a whole lot of attention ain't happening because they have found statistically that an airplane flies better on instruments than with a pilot and a lot of the serious accidents in airplanes because of pilot error not they they didn't trust their instruments and a lot of terrible, particularly amateur uh, uh, pilots, not professionals so much, uh, amateur pilots, uh, they, they have to see out the window like you do and I do when I'm driving a car. But the fact of the matter is when the technology is there, the seeing is not as good as the technology. And um, uh, you talk to any amateur pilot, they'll tell you most plane crashes, if the pilot had believed his instruments, yeah. They, they, they look at the instruments, say, they can't be right, yeah. I'm not losing altitude, and they crash. And the instrument was right, and he was wrong. Okay. 
Thank you, Marty. Thanks for your opinion, and uh, I'm going to stick to my camera. <laughs> I don't, I, it's completely understandable. It's a creepy feeling. And we're not there yet, but what Earl's talking about is true. At some point, you know, computers don't get tired. They don't get angry. They don't get in bad moods. They don't want to get revenge on the car that cut them off. <laughs> you know, it's, it has faster reaction times. It sees things that you could never see or sense. And uh, at that, some point, there's going to be a threshold. And uh, I don't think anybody would argue. It's like what Rick said. Like, when you said that, I was yeah. thinking about Hal <laughs> in 2000. What are you doing, Earl? <laughs> <laughs> Close the trunk. 2001 out. A Space Odyssey, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> another, I think, I think, another one other point is they've got to make a lot of uh, chargers. You mean oh, yeah, charging stations, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's I mean, uh, got to put a lot in oh, yeah, to, yeah. To, be, to mass produce electric cars. Yeah. Now I know that the screen tells you where the next supercharger is, but you know on Okeechobee Boulevard there's a Toyota, I guess it's a dealership or whatever you want to call it. You can't even charge your car there. Yeah. You got to go somewhere else to charge it. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's a matter of getting used to, and you're right. That, but that, after a while, that's not going to be an issue. And and how far do you drive anyway? I mean. Uh, when the average uh, range is 300 or 400 miles, who drives 300 or 400 miles a day? Most people don't, so 99% of Americans are going to be happy with that. The same question was had in, in 1903, and they said, what, are you going to put a gas station on every corner? How's that going to happen? Yeah. Right. Yeah, now look at they us. did. <laughs> what they sure did. All right, thanks. Thank, thank you, Marty. Thanks, Marty. I think what we'll be looking at here is uh, less human error. For yep. sure. Oh, yeah. uh, we're going to stay with the telephones and uh, we're going to go to Dog Walker Dave, who gives us a call. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Nice hey. to talk to you again. And good morning Thank to your you doggy. Know. Welcome back. Yeah. Yeah. We're having a good time here at the park. Um, <laughs> listen, to, uh, Earl actually just made my point about um, te technologies and where we stand and where we're going with technologies and how they apply to different, uh, to me, scary uh, possibilities. Autonomous cars just scare old guys like me to death, the <laughs> thought of it. But you go back and you think about it, to Rick's point, that, you know, everybody was horseback in the 1800s and early 1900s. Well, that is not entirely true. There was rail systems. We had railroads. And so when the Stanley Steamer came along, uh, it was a borrowed technology from something that people already knew something about. And mm -hmm. I think that kind of thought process can give us some confidence. I mean, we not only have uh, uh, airplanes that fly better uh, through technology, we have, we have space program that, you know, mm -hmm. is almost all automatic push-button stuff. Um, it, even our fishing boats now yeah. have navigation in them and things like that. So just to the point that even when the first automobile hit the road, the technology had existed on a much larger scale for quite some time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, need to, we, need to, we need to put away all of our old guy fears and open our eyes a little bit and say, yeah, you know, this is coming, and it can it could be really good the infrastructure needs to catch up that's going to be the big issue i agree a, a thousand percent yeah yeah very good observation dave 
All right, guys. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you, you too. Thanks for the call, Dave. Uh, you too can be part of the show. Give us a call toll free at 877 960 9960. Don't forget, ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers. Now, we are going to go back to Rick. He's uh, got some YouTubes down there. Yeah, I got one from uh, Bro Scientist. says, is this a terrible time to buy a car? And interesting, Ernesto just posted a moment ago. Uh, he says, Bro Scientist, if you need to buy a car, get at least three competitive prices. Buy the one that gives you the best price. If you can wait to buy, that would be best. Prices are higher than normal right now. So, Ernesto, one of our regulars on YouTube, is right on the ball with us, I think. Couldn't have said it better. That's exactly the way. You know, uh, I think I sometimes go overboard on telling people to wait. Um, owning a car, uh, a new car. When I say a new car, I mean a new used car or a new new car. I mean, it's new to you, right? And if you got an old clunker or you don't have a car at all, if it's your first car, let me tell you something. Owning a vehicle, and I know this is prejudice because I'm a car dealer, uh, but uh, owning a vehicle is one of the exciting things in your life. Uh, speaking as a male, I mean, I can remember my first kiss from a girl. I can remember my first date. Uh, I can remember my first car. My first born. Yeah, my first born. I mean, these are, these are earth change, uh, well, they, they're life-changing experiences. Yeah, they're milestones. So you don't want to wait two years to buy a car if you really want one and you take and you, and you, you can afford it. And you get, a, you get a relatively speed. A good price is what the competitive price is in the marketplace. And if it's $1,000 more than it'll be a year from now, you have to ask yourself, driving that car for a year, is it worth $1,000 extra? And to a lot of people, it would be. So uh, if you don't need the car and you don't need the thrill and you don't need the, the life-changing experience, then wait a year and you get a better deal. Simple as that. So, yeah. Can I do something? Here, I want to jump in and, and say something. We're talking about Elon Musk, and we're, 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 we're telling everyone what a great guy Elon is. He's my hero. Uh, truly, he is. And, and this is a tongue-in-cheek uh, blog article I wrote. And I'm trying to get Elon's attention. I didn't tell Stu this, but uh, they had an article in the newspapers the other day about if you really want to get your Tesla ahead of, ahead of schedule, here's the way to do it. And they talked about a guy that tweeted Elon Musk, and Elon put him ahead of the line to get his Tesla. I'm not trying to get my Tesla ahead of time. I'm trying to get Elon to call me. Well, they announced yesterday that they're delayed by a week. They need more tweaking. Yes. That's what they said. Okay. Sorry, but my, my point being that the Elon is charging hidden fees when he sells his Teslas. And I'm, I know Elon doesn't sell Teslas. I know he's, um, he's, a, he's a conglomerate. He's, he, he does spaceships. He does everything. But he is a type of person that he's honest, he's transparent. And if, he, if, if someone would get him to read this blog, it is called Open Letter to Elon Musk, eliminate hidden dealer fees. If Elon would call me or read the blog or text me, uh, reading the blog will do it all. You need to get rid of those hidden fees. It's not you, Elon. This is not you. This is not Tesla. This is not transparency. Not the future. When you advertise a Tesla or any vehicle, you have to include all your costs. You can't make an extra profit by quoting a lower price and then sneaking the 
fee in, which is profit, and, and, when you and, sell the car. And don't use the gas savings in the price of the car. Yeah, Because <laughs> exactly. you actually itemize that. Exactly. It's silly. <laughs> and Elon, you don't know about this. So somewhere out there in the world, someone knows Elon yeah. Musk. He hired somebody from like Ford Marketing or something. Somebody yeah. from the business did that. Yeah. So get Elon to call me. He can call me at 561-358-1474. That's my personal cell phone number. Five six one three five eight one four seven. Or Elon tweet uh, at Earl on cars. Or tweet, yeah. He likes tweeting. Yeah, tweeting. Yeah, and and just take a look at it. I promise you, you'll thank me. Okay, let's move okay. along. Okay, folks. Um, no matter which way you slice it, hidden fees. Well, it's okay. a mortal. It's a mortal sin. No, it's not. It <laughs> Pick ca- up the you uh, Catholics. I tell you, <laughs> you just leave us. Everything's Catholics a mortal alone. sin, right? <laughs> no, not everything. Oh. We got venial sins, mortal sins. Yeah. <laughs> it's I not could, growing I, up. I, some I of my greatest thrills were with the mortal sins. So I'll have you know. <laughs> anyway, back to <laughs> back to Earl's column. Uh, pick that up. Uh, uh, you can go to Earl on Cars. You can pick it up at. Uh, uh, Florida, uh, Florida Weekly, yeah. or the Hometown News. Open letter to Elon Musk. Eliminate hidden fees on Teslas. Nope, no matter if you can afford $150,000, still doesn't make it right. Uh-uh, you have to be transparent, Elon. So give us a call. We'd love you to be part of the show. 877-960-9960. Oh, I just felt good saying that. Well, maybe somebody that does a really good Elon Musk impersonation, (laughs) just call the show and pretend to be Elon (laughs) Musk. And we'll pretend like we believe you. And that'll really get our ratings up. (laughs) Now, that wouldn't be honest and transparent. Uh, We've got to get to the telephones. Warren, I hope you're enjoying all this. (laughs) This is the comedy corner. Warren, welcome to the show. Uh, Warren's calling us from Pompano. Thank you very much, guys. I just uh, had a couple of things to say because I had a couple of things that had to do with cars. I'm up in actually New Jersey, in Portland, New Jersey. And, yeah, the weather has been bizarre. It's 90 degrees on Thursday, and now it's raining and pouring and 55 degrees. No. And, and, and anyway, the reason why I called was a couple of things. I had to have my car fixed. I have a 2010 Taurus, and I had to put $900 into it. I didn't want to do it. And the guy said to me, he fixed it. He said, he said look, if you don't do it, you can't drive it. But used cars up here are just such a gem that you get good money for it. And it cost me $900 to fix it. And he sent me to somebody, and he said to me, look, I'll give you $3,500 on the spot. Remember, the car's got 165,000 miles, and it's 10 years old. So it was worth fixing it. I didn't do it right then because I got to look for a car. I need a car to look for a car. So um, just to your point of used cars, because I figured if I got $1,000, it would get a lot. So that was just the point they wanted to make. Now, the other thing is uh, I had to rent a car for a day, and it was $115 here in New Jersey. Across the bridge of Manhattan, the guy told me they're getting $250 a day for the rent of car. Wow. He says he's completely because of the holiday weekend. A lot of people in Manhattan don't have cars. So he said, I was lucky to get one for a day. Memorial Day weekend, he's completely sold out. He's a small franchise, you know, rental car place. And he said he had absolutely no cars. He had one for Wednesday when I rented it. He gave it to me for $115. 
He says, over the weekend in Manhattan, the people have been calling him up and getting $250 a day for new cars. I mean, for a rental car, because yeah. there's just no rental car. They're That's actually not even surprising to me at all. I mean, because the rental car companies are over, they're the ones that are uh, driving up the market. They're the ones that are overpaying for these used cars. And they're going to depreciate them over you know course of the year. They're not selling them right away, and so they're going to recoup. They're going to try and recoup a lot of that depreciation, and jacking up their rental fees. Yeah, this is uh, yeah, another point on it that uh, I, I called a couple of dealers who are looking for a car. This is the starting point. You know, I'm listening to Earl and everything about getting prices. So I just called the Nissan dealer. Just as a starting point, somebody who had, you know, had bought a car from this guy, second cousin. He gave me prices for uh, a lease on a car, and I said, so what about the, the lease expenses? Also? He says, I have them, because all the used car companies, I mean, all the uh, rented car companies bought the lease expensive cars. He says, there are none. You have to get them fully loaded. Now, is full of it or not? I don't know. But I wasn't buying it anyway, and I just wanted to get it started. It sounded like puffery. And the last, yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you know. He gave me some prices, you know, at I guess somebody said, at least I got a starting point A to work with and call around and look. Now that I got the car back, I'm not feel so pressured to buy another one immediately, but I am. At a certain point, it may get it up here. Maybe I'll get it down there. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure. The last point is, I don't know if you guys read yesterday, General Motors is starting up production on a lot of its cars that it has to spend because of the chip crisis. I don't know if you saw that or not. So does that mean the chip crisis is over? I don't think so. Um, everything I've heard, I mean, they, I didn't read the article, um, so if they're picking up some production, I guess that was anticipated, but I don't think everything I've read so far no, is it, we're it looking at. No, it wasn't. It said, yeah. it said in the article yesterday in the Times, uh, it said that they were not, I, I don't have the exact date, sometime in, in the June they're picking up production, and I don't remember the plant. They're calling back the entire plant. The entire plant was closed. Some places, one of yeah. the plants here in the United States. Well, that will help. And they said, they said that it was not anticipated for at least a month after that. But now, it didn't say anything specifically about the chip. It just said that the General Motors was opening up, I think maybe two plants, one two in the United States and one in Mexico, to start production of you know the trucks and the various. So they said they were going to start that right in the middle of June. And they gave the date, and they said that was at least a month or two months before they had anticipated doing that. Yeah. I just found the article here in the, in the Times. Yeah, so there's four, four North American plants are going to come back online. Well, that's definitely going to help. I don't know if it's going to, you know, to the extent, but, yeah, that's definitely going to be the beginning. Well, yeah, the, the chip crisis is not uniform among all manufacturers. And the, the bigger manufacturers uh, are doing better. Uh, the, the ones that were the best customers for the microchip manufacturers are getting favorite treatment. So when, when it gets short, uh, the smaller manufacturers like Fiat that you know, are not a big good customers, they don't get the preferential treatment from the microchip manufacturers. And also, each manufacturer had its own unique set of circumstances as to what their supply chain looked like. And so it'll be spotty. I mean, certain cars are going to have, manufacturers will have chronic severe problems with microchips, and others won't have very big problems at all. So, it, and the whole problem with the microchip, it's not going to last much longer. It'll be, a, uh, people are looking at, 
you know, another couple of months, and the microchip problem will be resolved. So uh, after that, it'll be uh, just pure demand because the economy is roaring and going crazy. I, I think that steel is going to be a big problem. Steel prices, commodity prices are going up. So prices will continue to go up. Demand's going up. Don't be looking for lower prices for a year, but the microchip problem will not be the thing in three or four months. All right, guys, just one last statement. You know, I want to thank you guys because when I called up a couple of places about uh, leasing a car, I had a bunch of questions written down, you know, and I just was able to rapid fire it to the salesman and say, you know, this, 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 you know, how much is it, you know, blah, 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 what's the buyout, what is this, what is this. And so they're surprised when, you know, I just rapid fire the question and they started to go, you know, have to look it up. And, you know, I have, you know, I have a whole list of about 10 questions on a lease, and I, you know, I want them answered. And it's just sort of surprised. It's really, you know, what's the buy? Well, I don't know yet. i got to look at the car. Well, how many miles do you get in the car? Is it 12 or 10? Well, I'm not, I'm not sure. I, you know, so when you hit them with these questions, they're not always ready to answer them. They just want to give you the price of them, you know, mm-hmm. what the monthly, you know, the monthly price and how much down. And they expect you to say, oh, that's great, and we're coming to buy the car. So I want to thank you guys. I think, you know, you do your homework. You really know what you're talking about. All right. Thank you, Warren. Okay, thank you, guys. Have a good day. You, you too. too. Bye-bye. Give us a call again, Warren, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Give us a call. Uh, what would you get for your uh, your used car this week? Did you take advantage of the prices of, of used cars? Oh, it's amazing. I, I believe that the price increase is like 50 almost 54% increase, and uh, it's just an amazing time to sell your used car. Anyway, give us a call. Share your story with us, 877-960-9960. Now back to uh, Rick. Uh, Robert is asking, when will Toyota have the Camry Prime like the RAV4 Prime? Interesting question. Uh, Toyota is promising electrification on every model within the next five years. Um, I have not heard specifically about a plug-in Camry. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, they're introducing um, an electric vehicle uh, late this year or, or early next year called the, the BZ4X. Yeah, I hope they don't call it that when it start, when they start selling it. It's a terrible name. Oh, um, buzzer. Right. So the answer is I don't know the answer to that question, but we will see um, uh, probably an electric Camry you know, within the next five years, uh, whether it's a plug-in hybrid or a um, all-electric. Uh, we don't know yet. But it's happening. All manufacturers, they're all, all jumping on board. And I've got Andrew says, Our Subaru was serviced by the Delray dealer. Service was below expectations. My wife and I chose not to provide a survey. Subaru mailed the survey to them, but they still don't want to provide feedback. What are your thoughts? On whether or not they should fill out the survey? Yeah. I, it's up to you. I mean, I think it's uh, surveys are, are, are pains in the butt. I, I get surveyed on everything I do. I read chat on every website, and I usually reserve it, and I'm probably not a good consumer, but for an outstanding, um, like something that really blows my mind or something that really, really upsets me. Um, other than that, I kind of delete them out of my inbox. <laughs> well, isn't, isn't it true, though, that surveys for a dealership sent by the manufacturer um, a negative survey can have an impact on the dealership if they get oh, sure. enough of them, right? So, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, and it has an impact in every company that sends a, a survey. I'm just, me personally, I'm just kind of a 
curmudgeon. I would say, especially with a Subaru uh, dealer, because Subaru has such a good reputation. Their dealers typically are above average. Uh, they take care of their customers better, the vehicles better. Uh, I think a negative Subaru survey would have probably more impact than, than uh, we, we would hope. Uh, yeah. We just know that bad surveys, I mean, without exposing Toyota or every other manufacturer, the survey system is nonsense. Uh, it comes back in that they, they pay employees to get good scores. But less um, and less of yeah. that's going on yeah. because they're modifying, they're, 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 they're understanding that the dealers manipulated the survey system. Yeah. And they used to be the dealers uh, could fill the surveys out, give you a free tank of gas, uh, uh, plead and beg, say, you know, if, if you don't give me a good survey, I'm going to get fired. And there's all that going on. Now the manufacturers are going directly to the customer, and you, you, you fill it out, and they don't know uh, that you filled it out. So uh, I, I, yeah. I do a lot. Of, I, I, I fill out a lot of surveys. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm, but I'm like Stu. Yeah, if I'm in the middle, I don't fill it out. Yeah. But if I'm really angry, I fill it out. If I'm really happy, I fill it out. And it makes you feel good when you give somebody a good survey. It does. And if, they, if somebody asks me, and if you're happy, please, and then if I have a relationship of some sort. But, um, yeah, like you're, most of the manufacturers aren't really paying attention to that anyway. They're putting, like, we're, we're people putting their, their money, where, is it, where their mouth is, yeah. uh, retention. So they're measuring if you do business with a customer, if they keep coming back to do business with you, that's the ultimate measure of customer satisfaction, and that's what they're measuring there, now. There you go. Absolutely. Why do things have to become so complicated um, and taken advantage of uh, by filling out that questionnaire? That was something that uh, uh, I would definitely, 150%, I fill those out. They're so I long, used though. to used to but it's become such a complicated issue and it's such uh i'm going to call it fake news you know they they can they can just really i call fudge the numbers uh okay we have been waiting for our first female caller and she has arrived from west palm beach her name is michelle good morning michelle and welcome you just won yourself fifty dollars oh that's great thank you good morning good morning what can we do for you this morning? I, I wanted to call with a Memorial Day 2019 story. Um, I, I've only been listening a couple weeks. I love it. My husband's a longtime listener. He loves it. I started listening. And um, in 2019, we went to a local Kia dealer to buy our third, number three, we had a red, a white, and now we have a blue Kia Soul. And when we went there, we waited for a long time walking the lot. We wondered if it, if it was even anyone even there. <laughs> Kept walking around. No one came to us. We had to go hunt down someone. Hmm. Um, so we finally got to someone and um, went in and finally made a deal after hours of negotiation um my husband does his homework he knows a lot so of course they were getting aggravated because he knew what he knew and trying to get what he wanted to get <clears throat> so after hours of negotiation then we're told that the car is in service because it has a flat tire and a blown fuse now this is a brand new 2020 no barely any miles on it um so we left without a new car <laughs> hmm. 
after Hmm. purchasing the car. We were told we had to come get it. Now, this was actually on Memorial Day, so they told us to come back Tuesday to get the car, that the car would be ready. Now, this was after we had already, during the negotiation, I'm sorry, I missed a step, We they couldn't come up with a deal because they were getting aggravated. My husband wanted certain deals, and they were like, no, that's not possible. So we were leaving. So then the salesman, of course, chased us down out in the car, and they're like, whatever, we got to make this happen. Come back in. We'll make it happen. Mm-hmm. So we went in, and then that's when we did finally do the deal. And we couldn't take the car home, so my husband went back up on Tuesday to get the car, and um, it was he noticed it was pulling to the right. So Tuesday night, he took the car back up. They said, okay, come back Thursday. So he went back up Thursday to pick it up when they called him. So my husband made the salesman drive. He's like, no, 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 you're driving. It did the same thing. So the salesman went in, and then, of course, my husband was a little bit upset. Mm. They had, like, five employees and salesmen, a regional manager, everybody in this glass room. And so they come out, and they said, we're taking the car back. You can't have the car. Now, this is after we have purchased, like, it was a done deal. Interesting. So my husband got upset and and he wanted our car back they gave us a hard time giving our trade back because we traded in our other kiosk for it so my husband had to call the police and have the police come and they were mocking him for doing that oh my and and so the sheriff's office came and you know then of course that was a done deal and then we went to another local kia dealer who treated us like Old, the guy there was wonderful they gave us everything that you know my husband was saying with the sales that were on and we ended up getting the car that we wanted and they took really good care of us wow it was just amazing that you know my husband he works on cars and and he knew what was going on and they were just getting so frustrated that he knew what he knew and he, they just wanted like just to get rid of us Michelle, would you, or do you care to mention the name of the offending dealer and the good dealer? Or maybe if you don't want to mention the offending dealer, just give us the name of the good dealer so we can put a plug in for him. Absolutely, and I'm happy you asked. I was going to, and my husband's like, well, just wait. I was getting ready to ask. The offending dealer was North Lake Kia. <laughs> surprise, surprise. The bad guys. Mr. Napleton, are you listening? Mich- Michelle. I think that your I think your husband was being penalized for having, shall we say, control. Knowledge is power, and he was in control. You both were. Amazing story. Let's get the other name. Yeah, the good dealer. Yes, please. I want to put it out there because Gene at Greenway Kia, he took care of us. He just he took care of us like we were king and queen. They just went above and beyond they were wonderful we always deal with greenway now and for service for anything and i will tell you um my husband called corporate for kia and they were so appalled at everything that happened (laughs) they gave us how many years i think three years worth of free service wow amazing we have a booklet that they sent us they were they couldn't believe what happened so 
So we have that. We don't have to pay for any oil changes or anything. Yeah. So they did acknowledge that. Well, we're well. all sitting yeah. here with our mouths open <laughs> with your story. Is, <laughs> uh, and let's get, so let's, get, let's get the name of the good dealers again. Green, Greenway, Greenway Kia. Greenway, Greenway Kia. Greenway Kia. Yes. Greenland. Yeah. Yes. Greenland. They're, they they yeah. currently have a D minus on our list. So oh, we're going to have to right? go back. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Where are they located? I have heard callers calling in, in, uh, in Green you know, I, I, Oh, Green. They had to get a couple kudos because they really did. Everyone there, no one doubted, no one questioned, and they just really took good care of us. And every time we'd go back there. What a great story, Michelle. That's Greenland? Gr- Greenway. And that Greenway. Green, Greenway. Greenway yeah. in, in Green Beach. Acres? It's, it's in West Palm. We've, we've mystery shopped them a few times. Yes. Go ahead, Rick. Uh, just to throw a quick thought out, I always hear these these stories all the time. Someone says, oh, it was just a blown fuse on my car. It was just a blown fuse. Well, folks, from a mechanic standpoint, keep one thing in mind. If a fuse blows, there's a reason why it blew. Something caused a fuse to blow. Fuses are not moving parts. They're not light bulbs. They don't do anything except exist to protect it. So ask why that fuse blew and say, hey, uh -uh, no, I'm not accepting that. Dig deeper. There's there's a problem that blew that fuse. Mm -hmm. See, they were buying a car, so they didn't have to figure that out. And they just wanted someone to treat them with courtesy, respect, and transparency. Absolutely. And that's the reason they left Napleton and they went to Greenway. And the message to uh, uh, to the audience out there, you want to buy a Kia? Buy it from Greenway Kia, and don't buy it from Napleton. And thank you very much for your story, Michelle. Yeah. Uh, We can't thank you enough, Michelle. So uh, I'll be sending you that $50. So get me your contact information. You can send it to me uh, at my uh, email address. Okay. Yes, you gave me that um, at the beginning. Okay. Uh, thank you so much, and uh, have a great weekend. I just wanted to add something really, really quick, just a funny little quirk to it. Um, my husband was going down Beeline Highway, and there was a guy who had had a, hit a deer. So my husband pulled over to help him um, with his dad, and it was the salesman. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, oh, wait, wait, from Napleton or, or Greenway? From the Napleton. Oh, that was karma. Out of the car, and they both were like, "Oh, it's you." That's <laughs> so bad oh. for the deer. <laughs> and he said, "He said, I'm so sorry. I'm no longer with them. I'm so sorry." You <laughs> can't make this stuff up. Oh my goodness. Said remorse. That's great. <laughs> I know. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Michelle. Call again, please. And your husband too. I, I Great will. call. I love your show. I'm glad my husband put me on it. Thank you. Fabulous, Bye-bye. fabulous. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Michelle's husband. Right. Okay, folks. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. What a story. Yeah. Greenway <laughs> the, the Kia. Story, I the reason I kept asking about the Kia. Greenway, I haven't heard because they're they're in Green Acres and they decided to call themselves I, Greenway. I, I'll, so. I'll look it up for sure. I, th- I think it's just West Palm. It used to be West Palm. Yeah, Nissan, yeah. So. yeah. Gotta right. get it. Gotta get it right because we it's hard to find a good Kia dealer. Oh. It's just West Palm. West Palm. Yeah. yeah. It's on military. Okay. It's, it's where West Palm Kia used to be. Amazing. Okay, folks, we're going to stay with the phones, and we're going to talk to Bobby, who's calling us from West Palm. Good morning, Bobby. Good morning.
morning, everybody. Uh, nice to talk to you again. Um, I was calling about sun passes today, um, which sort of it goes along with automotive. Um, I read this week that SunPass and EasyPass are going to start working together in the near future, but you have to upgrade your SunPass, and then you can use it in EasyPass states, which is interesting. Right, SunPass Pro. Yes, yeah, SunPass Pro, exactly. Um, but, but the reason I was calling about SunPass is um, I had some service done on my car, and I had a loaner car, and I took my SunPass out of my car, because I knew I was going on the turnpike, and put it in the dash and used it. And then about a month later, I got a charge from the dealer for $13, um, and it was a SunPass charge, <laughs> as it turns out. Because um, because the reader on the turnpike didn't read the sun pass. And this, this is really the point of my call. If you're in a car that's not registered to a particular sun pass and you go through a reader, or, or if, you try to, if you try to beat the system, or if you go through and the reader doesn't read your sun pass, it automatically charges it makes a charge for the maximum toll, whatever that may be. So if you were getting on at Southern and getting off at CTA, hmm. it's about a dollar or something like that. But if it doesn't read your sun pass, it will charge you $13, which is the toll to go up to Orlando. Um, wow. And I've talked, I've talked to sun pass about that. It, it's sort of, it, it's meant to catch the people who are trying to cheat the system, but it penalizes um, it penalizes the user if SunPass readers aren't working, and they know certain readers in certain spots don't aren't reliable. Hmm. But it continues on, and if you don't, if you call them and tell them, they will take, they will, they will knock that charge right off. Mm -hmm. You got to call them. It's Otherwise, they charge thirteen dollars. And a lot of people are just getting charged because they don't notice it, yeah. and they're making the fortune. Yeah, we probably need to get the name of the uh, division uh, in Florida that is, uh, uh, which which agency is responsible, and get through to somebody in charge because yeah. it needs to be corrected. It's Florida Department of Transportation. Yeah. The newest thing they're doing now are these, uh, like, um, I guess they're frameworks that go over the t the turnpike, and there's several of them now just between Lake Worth Road and North Lake. I know that when you go under it it's taking a picture of your car and reading your sun pass so you're not going to have the on and off charges anymore it's going to be where we see you on the turnpike they're going to track what you're where you're driving you know how how far you're driving on the turnpike mm -hmm. at various points along the way yeah. well, there's several uh, of them up according to bob and bobby's point of course is is this is a an overcharge that's being made if you don't have the car registered in the name of the SunPass that you're driving, and that's purely wrong. It needs to be corrected. Yeah. And uh, let's uh, we'll, we'll try to follow up on that, Bobby. See if we can get some action. What? Uh, one little, one little. Uh, uh, I don't know how you, I don't know how you go about checking it. I use the Turnpike occasionally, and I can go online and look. And what I do is I just look for thirteen. I just look for you know ten or thirteen dollar charges. 
that are much larger than just traveling around town. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. for people who use the turnpike all the time, I mean, it's just a voluminous amount of information sure. that's, that's sort of hard to filter. And, and they get away with it. Yeah. So uh, just beware uh, as just another thing to beware of. Yeah, they get you. I tell you what, um, with our with the new online, everything is online. Everything is coming in a statement uh, from your credit cards and everything else. Uh, it's awfully hard to keep track of everything. I mean, really, uh, speaking personally, I'm always looking. Half the time, I'm saying, Nancy, did you did uh, did you buy something for this amount of money? It'll appear on our credit card and. It's, uh, it's hard to stay on top of. There's a lot of fraud out there because yeah. people know you can't pay attention to everything. Um, yep, I agree with you. Um, well, I love the show. Uh, let's do it all the time. Thanks, Bobby. Call again. Great talking to you. And thanks, Bobby. I just upgraded my SunPass to a SunPass Pro, a SunPass Pro account. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Say that twice. <laughs> uh, okay, we have a great mystery shopping report coming up. Uh, from uh, H. Craig Nissan uh, at the half hour. So uh, stay with us. And, you know, I, I, was, I just fell upon Napleton's uh, North Lake Kia from last week. And boy, I'll tell you what, after hearing Michelle's story, they are the bad boys. And uh, unfortunately, there's more than just one dealership that, uh, well, qualifies for bad boy. And that's why we need your help. You know, we do these mystery shopping reports every week, uh, but we need your help. We need the consumers out there to uh, join Earl's Vigilantes. Uh, you, do, you don't have to be able to take an engine apart, uh, but just, uh, you know, help to help us, help the people in your community. And I got uh, my vigilante hat on. Yeah, you can go out and uh, you can uh, put your expertise to work and uh, help us with these, well, Ugh, these bad boys. <laughs> so uh, Earl on cars, you can go there for Earl's Vigilantes. Get a free hat. Also, you can go, yeah, you, we've got hats and some other things that are coming. We also, uh, we also are uh, looking for volunteers that will help some of our seniors as uh, uh, they go through the, uh, the Internet. You know, there's some of us that aren't as savvy, and uh, if we can help them out, you can go to Earl on cars and uh, to uh, sign up there to, to become a volunteer. Uh, 877-960-9960, uh, or you can uh, text us. Uh, we've got YouTube, we've got Facebook, we got it all. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have to take a moment and thank you for joining us every morning because you are an important part of the show. So uh, that's the update. Back to Stu. I, I got texts. I got stuff. He's got texts. Yep. I am writing this on the 22nd. Hopefully it will be on the 29th program, and it is. Today is May 29th, 2021. Um, I have a 2010 Prius, and the battery went dead because I left the four-way flashers on. Well, with that, I could not open the trunk. So I Googled how to jump a Prius from the front of my car, and the answer is locate your fuse box look for the red cover, lift it up, connect your red cable to it, find a good ground source, and you will be able to start your car. And that's from Jim in Riviera Beach. I'll pass it over to Rick to say, does that sound right? Exactly. Okay, explain that again. So basically, if you can't get into the vehicle, you can still jump it by... Well, the the 12-volt battery is in the back, in the 
uh, under the passenger seat. side rear corner. Yeah. And the hatch is electric. So if the battery's dead, you can't yes. open the hatch to get to the battery. So what you do is you open the front hood, and by the driver's side headlight, just behind it, is a fuse block. You take the, the black plastic cover off of it, and you'll see a little red cover that can kind of flip over. It's on a hinge, and there's a bolt there. It's actually a little flat piece of metal panel that sticks up. You connect the positive side of the jumper cables there, and the negative just goes to any good ground bolt, and it will. you can jump start the car, so if you need to just jump start it to get yourself somewhere, or it'll also give you enough power that you can open then the open back. the rear hatch ah. to get to the battery. Oh, very good. Thank you, Jim in Riviera Beach. And Jim, you can save a and fortune because, see, Rick would have got paid for doing that. It was you to call the dealership, and we'd have probably <laughs> had the car towed and come in there. Rick would have gone out there, and $300 later, you would have had, well, no, you went to YouTube. Yeah, it absolutely. didn't cost you anything. You know, two folks, uh, we're all working together. We're working as a team. And uh, where else could you go? But Rick needs some business. So right, right. don't use YouTube all the time. We're Call Rick <laughs> occasionally. That's an extremely dangerous we're operation, right? You could, like, burn your hair off if you do that. Right. Uh, you can do that. You, you uh, actually can... could cause the universe to tilt on its edge. And, and you notice how long it took Rick to describe what the caller described right. in about 10 seconds. Right. That's because he gets paid by the by hour. By the hour, exactly. <laughs> oh, my like goodness. Like a lawyer. Only, oh, my goodness. Wow. I'm only wow. kidding you, Rick. I'm only kidding you. But okay, folks. It is, it, is, it is a truism that <laughs> YouTube true. and the Internet can save you a ton of money when you're uh, oh. fixing your car. Absolutely. I mean, especially if you have a little bit of a do-it-yourself in you. Not me. I'm helpless. I call Rick. Even with YouTube, because I don't know. Wait a minute. I can't. I, you, can't, I can't. I can't. I don't know. If, I think I can open my hood. Hey, you call me. I call Nancy. Call Nancy. Right. Okay. Well, honestly, Rick is is hurting himself. His um his video that he did on how to free a lock steering wheel, I think, is approaching a million views, and twice already just during the show, I, I get the comments on the YouTube videos thanking Rick for saving their lives. It's hilarious. They, they come in every day. I was in a Target parking lot. I thought I was stuck here all night. You saved my life. It was, it was, it's great. Yeah. You're doing a service and costing yeah. yourself money. We, we need to discuss the royalty checks on that one. <laughs> there you go. We haven't monetized yet. We're getting there. Jonathan's working on it. Okay, Rick, yay. You know, okay, folks, so you we could probably are going negotiate to go to our first But you forgot. We're going to go to our first. On the new YouTube's royalty for Rick. There we go. <laughs> you can retire. What was that? Well, I think we've already had a female caller. We have. Yes. Yeah, we have. Okay, we're going to go to Betty, who is a first-time caller, and she's calling us from Indian Town. Good morning, Betty. Good morning. How are you? Uh, I'm good. How are you? Well, thank you. I was calling about the problem with tires on my car. Okay. You know, we appreciated the fact that we got new tires when the other ones wore out through your you know, through Earl Stewart, but we didn't appreciate the fact that nobody told us we could upgrade the tires when we got them, because the tires they put on, it's like driving on square tires. Oh, and goodness. on top of that, on top of that, one of the tires keeps losing air, and I bring it in for service, and they say, oh, it's, it's uh, losing air because they automatically lose air, but the point is, in 5,000 miles, I have to add air to the same tire four or five times. There's something wrong with the tire. 
Well, Betty, you're absolutely right. And we forgot to tell you that <laughs> round, round tires are more expensive. And so we, uh, we gave you the square tires. We didn't think you'd notice. I'm only kidding. Betty, I want to no. thank you for being the first-time caller. You won yourself $50 before we get to uh, the meat of the conversation. I think uh, Rick can answer the question. I can answer the question. And uh, okay. no, no, seriously, uh, what we do uh, in our free tire program is to try to put the best tires we can on the car because uh, we look at them as our tires. And if they wear out too soon, then we have to buy another set of tires. So uh, sometimes we get tires that are not what you wanted or we wanted, and we certainly will um, uh, adjust that for you. Uh, the um, good tires, as people tend to think, are the um, name brand tires. Uh, we do a lot of research. We do consumer reports, and we look at a lot of different tires, and there's a lot of criteria. And some of the tires that are the best value uh, and the best uh, tires are not the name brands like Michelin and Goodyear and Firestone. There are a lot of uh, Chinese tires. There's a lot of, uh, of uh, other make tires that are quality tires. Rick? Some of the best ones that we put on lately, and, and I judge them myself by how much weight is required to balance the wheel with mm -hmm. the new tire. The lower amount of weight, to me, the better the tire. Mm -hmm. uh, Kumo and Toyo Never heard are of both them, right? excellent yeah. tires. Yeah. So, yeah. Betty, we'll take care of that for you, and thanks for the call. I, uh, I appreciate your letting us know, and uh, you uh, let us know uh, when you can bring the car in, and we'll get your tires fixed. Well, I appreciate that. You're very welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome, Michelle. Spread the word. Uh, tell your friends uh, we have two new lady callers every Saturday morning, and we give them $50. Betty from Indiantown, thank you very much, and please call again. Okay. I will. Thank you. You're okay, welcome. Bye-bye. Okay, I think we're going to go back to Stu. Yep. Um, interesting question, Rick. If someone brought in an EV, electric vehicle, to your shop for repairs, to what extent would you be qualified to work on that car, and at what point would you have to recuse yourself? <laughs> if it's pretty much anything to do with the electrical system, the actual computer uh, control portion of the electric motors and the battery, I would pass on that. If it's they got a headlight out, they got a brake light out, they need tires, they window need motors, every all the other window stuff. motors. Yeah. Uh, anything else, pretty much anything else alignments all of that stuff is the same technology yeah. when it comes to the actual drive system itself unless it's something that i would feel very very confident playing with and a lot of that i would not i would say no this needs to go back to the manufacturer to tesla or whatever the main manufacturer is now however if on the rare case somebody actually which this has happened twice now they brought in an electric rav4 which were supposed to be only California, but right. a few of them have made it here. Uh, yeah, I would figure out how to do it. There we go. Hey, can you fix the uh, the windshield wiper fluid squirter on the Tesla I'm driving? It yeah. Sh it shoots it clear over the top of the car. Oh, not a problem. Yeah, I got let, a big let, hammer. Let me jump in, in there, and here's a, here's a good message for the listening audience in this conversation. Uh, the manufacturers do require 
their technicians to pass tests and qualify before they work on a particular type of car. Rick has to have uh, hybrid qualifications because uh, there are a lot of hybrids being sold by Toyota and other manufacturers too. And an all-electric vehicle that would be the same thing. If it were a, a Chevrolet Bolt, uh, they would have a class of the Chevrolet General Motors Chevrolet technician had to go through. So when you take your car in, be it a, a hybrid, all-electric, or turbocharged, uh, you know, there are unique vehicles out there, diesels. You want to be sure that your technician that's going to work on your car is qualified. And there's a number of different measures that you can go by. Manufacturer qualifications, the ASE qualifications. Be sure that you're working on transmission to see ASE qualified on transmissions. So a technician is not just a technician. They all have different expertise and abilities and experience. Get yourself a good one. Very important. That's right. All right. This one's for you, Earl. Earl, what is your explanation for the surge in car sales? I'm having a hard time reconciling extreme inventory shortages and all-time high prices with such high level of sales, especially considering your advice about waiting until things cool down and prices settle. No offense, but the same thought must have occurred to millions of other people. I don't know. Obviously, there are millions more who just don't care about how much they are being asked to pay. Well, it's, uh, a lot of people are not aware of how much they're being asked to pay, and that's always been true. Uh, your educated consumers that listeners to this show, we always say we're preaching to the choir, they have a pretty good idea of how much they're paying. So unfortunately, there's a, there's a large group of people out there that are paying a lot and they don't know it. And then there are people that are paying a lot and they do know it. Um, as far as the supply and demand, uh, they aren't. Uh, they are not mutually exclusive. Uh, you can have high prices and high demand and high volume. Uh, it just means you're selling cars that you wouldn't normally otherwise sell. And when inventories get very, very low, whether it's at the grocery store or at the car dealership, um, uh, you you find people buying cars they wouldn't otherwise buy. I wouldn't recognize you. I wouldn't recommend you do that. Uh, pick the car that you think you should buy, and then negotiate and shop and compare and get a, as good a price as you can afford. But just don't go out there and buy a car for the sake of buying a car. You'll be miserable. But it, you're right. It is peculiar. The prices are high and volume is high it's and profits certain. are high, and it keeps on going and going. I think you, you kind of touched on something there not everybody is as dialed in as we are on the show or these listeners to our show every clearly we're a select group of people who find this interesting <laughs> and uh and so most people are going about their lives they're not reading automotive news and you know and, and hearing about this stuff a lot of i mean some of it's making into mainstream media but you know the average person just living their lives aren't like industry experts what's that break yeah, well what, there's also the factor that for a lot of people you know they're buying cars maybe once every four, five, six years. Good point. Or if you're like me, it's more like 15 to 16, 17 years. Yeah, what years. happened to 12 years? You know, <laughs> so it's it, a, a lot of folks, they don't think about this until that time comes, and it's been a long time since they bought a car. Mm -hmm. So they've got to, you know, unfortunately, either really step up and 
do their homework and pay attention yeah and there's so many there's so many avenues for them to look into you know between uh costco consumer report uh, true car i could you know name uh, it's a it's a long list um anyway ladies and gentlemen uh, all of this right here is very unusual it's called free information give us a call toll free at 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 we're going to go to bob who's been holding thanks for your patience bob bob's giving us a call from boca good morning how are you we're well thank you you have a question uh, about your lease yes my lease is ending in uh, oh great and based on what I can tell, um, my buyout value is about three to five thousand dollars more than its uh, value if I were to sell it to somebody like CarMax or something like that. Now, my wife wants a different vehicle, so we're thinking of leveraging it and getting a new lease. But the question is, do I need to actually buy my current vehicle and sell it to realize the gain, or is there a way I can negotiate it with the new lease? Well, you can. Uh, how many months do you have remaining on your lease? It's less than a week. Left. Oh, well, you know, you can. Uh, what you have to do now is establish the exact uh, profit you can make because you're not going to be able to buy it for exactly the residual amount. Unfortunately, especially in Florida, the dealers will take advantage of the fact that you are exercising that, and they will add fees. Uh, profit to themselves unnecessarily and I think unwarranted and it should be illegal but they do it so uh, you need to take uh, you need to look at more than one uh, dealer that will take your car back in other words you know, what make are you driving it's an Acura TL yeah I take it to at least I talked to three Acura dealers and I would discuss the returning of the of the uh, lease car I would, I would get to the end of the numbers and say, I want to exercise my purchase price. And you'll know your residual value. You'll say, how much in addition to my residual value are you adding to this cost? Because that's where I'm going to exercise my option is the Acura dealer that will give me the fewer, fewest add-ons. And that will establish your true value that you'll be able to take and and flip the car, sell it for market value, make a profit, and put that against the next car that you want to lease. Okay, let me ask this question, because I called Honda, and they told me a number, including taxes. I'm a Honda, yeah. Okay. Uh, did you call more than one Honda dealer? No, it's, no, it's no, Honda, Honda Credit for the Acura Oh, lease. Honda Credit, okay. Honda Finance. Okay, you have to buy it. You have to buy it through the dealer. So the dealer that you got from Honda... The, the price you got from Honda is a residual. Now you have to find out from a Honda dealer what they're going to add to that. The Ac Acura dealer. Acura, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm, uh, yeah. Okay, so even though Honda on the phone said all I need to do is pay X amount of dollars and it was mine, I still have to go back to the dealer? The dealer yes. has to handle the, the sale, yes. Honda credit, gotcha. well, Honda leasing uh, cannot sell you the car because Honda leasing can't sell to an individual, only car dealers can. So that's a loophole in the law for the dealers, and they use that loophole to add and make a profit off this car that you should be able to buy just for the residual. And you, you're reduced to finding the dealer that will give you the lease 
uh, additional costs that they shouldn't be charging in the first place. So you might find out that Ed Morse Honda will only charge you $1,000 more than the residual, but uh, Del Rey Honda or, will charge or you. Or Acura <laughs> will, will charge you $2,000. I'm sorry, I keep yeah. saying Honda. Acura dealer. You, you, have to, you have to find out the high Acura dealer that will charge you the least more. And it will probably be it's probably going to be right around $1,000 over the residual value. And you probably won't find a Honda dealer that'll do much better than that. But you should check around. Okay. And the uh, let me ask you, in the Boca area, based on your rating, what Acura dealer would you recommend? Well, I'll, I'll go to our good dealer, bad dealer list real quick uh, see what we got. We don't have a ton of them because there's not that many Acura, uh, Acura dealers. But um, we have, I'm sorry, we have no help for you. The only one we have on our list is Napleton's Palm Beach Acura, and they have a, an F on our uh, rating. Um, you well, can, just Google yeah, uh, Acura dealers. Yeah. And, and you, call. And, yeah, you, if, even if you have to call one in Fort Lauderdale, uh, you might be able to get the one locally to say, okay, we'll meet that price. Because yeah. if, they, if they're not stupid, they want to be on fairly good terms with you, even though you're exercising. You're driving an Acura. You like the Acura. You're exercising your purchase. If you buy that, you might buy another Acura. So the informed Acura dealers will maybe consider giving you cutting the price. So go to Google, get three or four Acura dealers, call them, see what the best deal is, and then use that to negotiate the price that you should be able to buy for at the residual and get the best deal you can. All right. Thank you for your time. Buckle right. Bob, thank you're, you very much. You're welcome. Um, we're going to go to Frank, who gives us a call from Jupiter Farms. Good morning, Frank. Welcome back. Well, good morning. Um, I have not been calling in, but I have been listening before, so good. I haven't abandoned you. have a lot going on. Um, here's a question for you guys. We're kind of shopping for a car. We really don't need a car, but we, my um, girlfriend, who is now my fiance would like to get rid of her 2008 Lexus. She's had RX 350 since brand new. It's been in your shop. Randy knows about the car. Everyone knows about it. The car is running fine. There's no issues, but she's just in the mood for a new SUV. And here's where the story comes in for a little more pertinence. She found an X3 BMW over Brayman. Um, it's the competition one, the M model. So they're, they're pricey. We looked at a brand new one. The, the, the salesperson was very front he says, you don't want to buy a brand new one because you lose too much on like an AMG or an M or one of the high price, you know, models of those cars. The first year or two, um, wait till the, you know, one comes in. So lo and behold, just a few minutes ago, we get a call that they just took a 2020 X3M um, back from a lease. It was an upgrade from an X3 to an X7, and it, ha it hasn't even made the, the paperwork yet. How much can we expect that it should came off the sticker price from, you know, being in service for a little over a year? It's a 20, 20, 10,000 miles. You have to be real careful, Frank, uh, because of the high price of used cars today. Uh, there are actually cases where used cars are selling for the same price or even more than the equivalent new model. Uh, the name of the game with the car dealers, they're going to sell the car for as much as they can get. And when there's a shortage, used and new, they're getting a lot of money for both. You should always look at, negotiate and, and, and go to Bremen and go to uh, two, or, two other Honda, I mean, uh, BMW dealers, still talking Honda. 
go to uh, you, got, you got Honda on your mind this morning. <laughs> yeah, and try to get the lowest price on the new BMW, as well as compare it with the one that the price they give you on the used. Um, it, the gap will be a lot narrower than it ever was. I mean, typically on a deal like that, you'd probably save several thousand dollars on the new car. I'd be surprised today if you're saving more than about a thousand. And so you're going to pay too much for the used car, and you're going to pay too much for the new car, and that's just the way it is. Yeah. No, actually, we we came across a couple. Just you know, if we have, we actually one day we were between doctors and we stopped at the Mercedes dealership over there um, near North Lake, mm-hmm. and they had a beautiful AMG in there, marked down like forty something thousand from the list price, and um, it was certified and all that, but it just didn't have. Uh, anyway, it was it was nice, but it just didn't fit. And they sold it the very next day. I mean, it didn't last long. Nothing's lasting. Mm-hmm. But um, like you know, we 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 talked. He said, "Well, you know, we got three cars. I got a Mercedes, a King Ranch pickup truck, and we got her, um, um, whatever the hell." Two thousand eight. Three fifty. Yeah. Which everything works. It's like we don't really need a car, but it's kind of fun to look at them and see. But yeah, um, we'll see what the guy. We're going to go in later. And see if he really is true about that. You save so much money from buying mm-hmm. one new. Oh sure. I mean, you never know. Car dealers make mistakes too. We, you know, as a car dealer, sometimes we sell cars too cheap, and uh, and then uh, you, you you feel bad about it because, you know, the, somebody says the salesman, you know, you you could have got another thousand dollars for that car, and uh, he feels bad about it. So yeah, it's uh, keep trying. Uh, the one that. Uh, Works the hardest, and we'll get the lowest price. So it just won't be as low a price as you get a year from now. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's actually true. And we were just—it's funny. We just had mentioned that like yesterday, and then we get this call from this guy with this carrot sitting down there. It's actually the color we like, the the, the yeah. equipment we like. It's everything that we we're actually looking for. But again, it's all going to boil down to what the price is. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, but I appreciate you guys taking the call. And um, thanks, Frank. And my son is enjoying the truck, by the way. Great. We, from you guys, he's uh, he, uh, he he laminated. He should have got the tire, I guess, protection package because I guess for whatever reason one tire went and he had to replace a whole tire and then another flat tire. And I said, oh well, such is life. <laughs> the wrist. Right. You can't look in your rearview mirror. You got to look on that windshield. Mm-hmm. But you guys have a great. You, um, you know how to keep those weekend. kids on track. That's for sure, yeah. Frank. You have a lot of no, interesting I'm, stories to share with us. Okay. Uh, thanks. Yep. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning. We haven't heard from you in a long time. Yeah. 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 Have a no, great weekend. Yeah. We're actually it's leachy season. If you like leachies, I'll bring you some by your dealership. Ooh. We got. Look at. Looking forward to it. We got it. 20 trees. All right. So there's, bring there's us a basket. Crop for the year. So, bring us a bucket. Take care, guys. <laughs> right, thanks, yeah. Frank. Yeah, have, Sounds have come out to Jupiter Farms near Burt Reynolds Ranch. Okay. okay. Uh, a free advertisement. Uh, <laughs> all right. There you go. <laughs> See you guys. Thank you. Bye bye. Thanks, Frank. You're welcome. Uh, we uh, have uh, froze uh, frozen the lines, and uh, we frozen are, them. Oh, we're frozen them. Lines are frozen. Anyway, uh, for lack of another word, we are going to be going to our mystery shopping report in just a bit. Uh, which is just a bit right now. That is a mystery shop from H. Greg Nissan. So I hope we have time for a couple of texts. Oh, okay. We're going to go back to uh, Stu. Yeah, they started piling up here. I'll go through them pretty quick. Uh, Jim and Palm Beach Gardens shared 
a screenshot, um, I'll just read it, of a, an attempt to purchase from uh, Napleton uh, Northlake uh, eight months ago. And it's just a glimpse of the fees. And we haven't seen some of these things even on our mystery shopping reports. They added $5,553 in hidden fees that included a $800 tracking system, Napleton VIP for $1,960. We've seen that before. Recondition, reconditioning charge. So I'm assuming this is on a used car. Reconditioning charge of $1,895 <laughs> plus an $899 dealer fee. And then he added, of course, they held my car keys. Um, and incidentally, he followed up. He says they gave him offer him $10,000 for his trade that the other uh, dealers had offered him fifteen to $17,000. So uh, they're going for all the money there. They're going to get all that money. All <laughs> <laughs> the money. I know. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, uh, here we go. I can't wait until you expand your mystery shopping to other industries. Please send Agent Lightning to rooms to go. <laughs> we are not experts when it comes to furniture. <laughs> so we don't know what's going to happen. We're, we're, we're victims when it comes to furniture shopping, probably. <laughs> I should be more mystery shopping of all. Uh, they're fun. They're fun and they're informative. There should be there should be a bunch of shows like this. Yeah, actually, there should be you know Earl on couches. Yeah. <laughs> Earl on Earl on ottomans. All right, let's see. We don't we haven't gotten to anonymous feedback, so um, so I'll just go through these ra as rapid fire as I can. Um, it's a short mystery shopping report. Um, question for Rick: Have you heard about the catastrophic engine failures on both the Silverado and Ford pickup trucks? Uh, including also uh, Nader carriage mechanical failures of the undercarriage of the Ford pickup trucks. People are documenting it all over the internet, including YouTube. It looks really bad for American-made trucks. All these failures are occurring at very low mileage, between 5,000 and 20,000 miles. I had not heard about this. I no, I'm, I'm unaware. I might have to do some homework on that. Uh, but okay. you know, if I, I'm curious though if they're having engine problems between Fords and Chevys because those Unrelated. are two completely yeah. different manufacturers for yeah. all their parts they don't even I can't imagine they would even share the same engine block you know I think maybe something that Earl said um, kind of made somebody upset because this could be the same person says Earl how can you say most new cars are reliable and go will go several hundred thousand miles all long-term mechanics know only Toyotas and Hondas are that reliable Ford is having a boatload of issues with their trucks and Chevy issues as well, but not as many as Ford. Maybe the old 90s models were comparable with reliability, but no new car can match Toyota and Honda. Even Subaru has ongoing head gasket and transmission issues. So we have a big old Toyota and Honda well, fan. Well, yeah, that, well that, that, that's, that's just not true. Right. I mean, uh, uh, there are, see, first of all, you're making it into, into the make, and then you have to break it down by model. You can take almost any make car, and you'll find models in there that stand out. You can go to Consumer Reports, and they'll recommend a model of a particular manufacturer, uh, and maybe it's the only model they recommend. But it's complex. It's not simple. You can't say all Fords are good, and all Chevys yeah. are bad, or all Toyotas, or all Toyotas, are, Toyotas good. are good, yeah. and all both. This is not true. That's right. you, consumer Reports breaks it down. And if you look at the average reliability, in cost of operation, everything else of a car today compared with 20 years ago, they're all much better. It's all relative. I mean, Fiat's are even better. I choke when I say that, <laughs> but they're better than they were 20 years ago. 
I mean, I can't believe well, how bad they were then, but they're still pretty bad today. Everything's relative. Yeah. Continuing on with the theme. However, uh, Yugo never not. made a good car. <laughs> well, they didn't, they didn't make it long enough. Uh, what were your thoughts? This is, another, I think, it's going to be the same guy. I don't know. What are your thoughts on the 70s, 80s, and early 90s Mercedes? And how did they compare to Toyota? Do you know how Consumer Reports rated these cars back in comparison to Toyota for liability? Did you ever sell this era of Mercedes on your lot or own or drive them? I, I drove a Mercedes. I was I, uh, Stu's mother gave me a Mercedes. On your 40th birthday. My 40th birthday for, for my midlife crisis. Oh, no, you got that backwards. No, no, she got you a, a Porsche. A Porsche. <laughs> you got her a Mercedes. I, I, got my, yeah, I must have got a myself a Mercedes. The point being. My grandma drove one. Mercedes go in cycles. They have good years and bad years. Lexus goes in cycles. Good years and bad years. All the manufacturers. There's been no manufacturer, Toyota included, Honda included, that doesn't have cycles. And the good thing about competition, when Honda has a good year and Toyota has a bad year, Toyota gets their attention and they get smart and then next thing you know, they build a better car and Honda doesn't have it. You know, that's the way it goes. So the whole world of automobiles is far better today and reliable than ever before. All right, last one, we get on the Mystery Shopping Report. This is for Rick, 2010 Sienna, front-wheel drive. I hear clicking on the from the car when I crank the wheel. What could be causing this? What are the major issues with the car and common issues with this model? When does the transmission fluid need to be changed on this car and timing belt? Car has 245,000 kilometers on it. <laughs> Where are you? And um, so what does it need now in the next 50,000 kilometers? Uh, timing belt is generally recommended around 100,000 uh, miles. I'd have to run the conversions for that for kilometers. However, the clicking noise, if you're hearing it up in the steering column area inside the car, um, I would be looking at what's called the intermediate shaft, which is a, one of the connection shafts in the steering column. If you're hearing it outside and say you're uh, basically turning, you've got the wheel turned all the way one direction or so and you're accelerating, starting to hit the gas a little bit and you hear click, 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 it's most likely a drive axle. Now the easiest way to find out that is simply get in a parking lot, turn the wheel all the way one direction, go forwards and backwards and in the other direction and whatever side is clicking, that's the axle you need replaced. Here we go. Mr. Shop of H. Greg Nissan. Three years ago, we learned about H. Greg from one of our listeners. Frank and Jupiter Farms. Hey. And we just spoke to Frank. Yeah. Well, hey, Frank, thanks. I hope you still listen. This is for you, Frank. Uh, we mystery shopped them uh, a few times since. The first time back in 2018, they did pretty well. The second time, they failed our Takata test. Despite the mixed results, we put them on our recommended dealer list. Until last year, we thought H. Craig was just a chain of used car stores. On our last mystery shop, we learned that H. Craig was in the new car business, too. In 2019, they opened their first new car dealership in the United States, in Delray Beach, H. Craig Nissan. Probably one of the largest mistakes they ever made. <laughs> I was at that. And, uh, and uh, why they bought a Nissan store back then, I don't know. A year later, they acquired Kendall Nissan, another mistake. They can't help themselves. They can't help themselves. <laughs> a former AutoNation store. Should have told you something when right. AutoNation sold that it. store. <laughs> <laughs> they're buying everything right. when they're selling something. Right. H. Craig may be a serious up-and-comer in the retail car business. 
They were doing something smart online marketing, and they came across cutting edge and progressive, okay? So that was in the retail, uh, in the retail car business. Um, H. Craig's website is impressive, modern, sophisticated, and it says all the right things, very consumer friendly. They boast about a seven-day exchange policy, albeit not a return policy. Huge difference, by the way. Exchange is BS, and it just means that they can give you another vehicle for the one that you didn't like, but they can charge you anything they want for it. What good is that? They might as well not have it. Okay. Exchange policies are just silly. Um, they do have a separate return policy within seven days, but listen to this. Restocking fee. Seven percent. Now that's more money than they made when they sold you the first car. <laughs> so, happy to do it. If, if average, average, the average new car is forty thousand dollars. Seven percent of that is twenty eight hundred dollars. And the average profit's two thousand. The average profit is two thousand. Yeah. <laughs> they're restocking. Well, these days, they, it's they're praying that you ask to bring the car back. Return it, please. Yeah, please. Like their used car locations, H. Craig Nissan professes to be a one price dealership. Oh, here we go. One price, all right? A lot of people profess to be one price. When we tested this at the West Palm Beach used car location in 2018, they held true to their claim at the used car location. When we last mystery shopped H. Greg Nissan, it was mid-pandemic. We anticipated some bad behavior. Instead, Agent Thunder reported a surprisingly tolerable experience, and H. Greg Nissan was given to see on GoodDealerBadDealerList.com. That was the highest grade of any Nissan dealer on the list. As we've seen uh, week after week, the weird economic times that we're in has inspired some of the most extreme car dealer behavior we've ever seen. We've seen bad uh, car dealer uh, get worse and even good car dealers go bad. I mean, it's just uh, disruptive. The whole industry has been disrupted. We sent Agent Lightning in to see if H. Greg Nissan could maintain, maintain its C average, C grade, which was very good because we grade on the curve. Here's the report. I'm Agent Lightning. I took my 13-year-old daughter along for today's mission to H. Craig Nissan Del Right Boy. Uh, she takes her husband. Her mother. She takes her mother, yeah. her, her kids. Uh, I love it. And this is really cool because it's so real. It looks real, yeah. It does, yeah. When we arrived, we parked and began to browse the meager selection on the new Nissans on the lot. Not many cars in stock these days. Although there is one car dealer advertising, they have a huge inventory, and they're lying. Yeah. Isn't that funny, Alan? Yeah. You know, anything That's surprising. That anything you can do to get them, in the, get them in the... Um, we found a new 2021 Nissan Ultimate SL with an MSRP of 32175 There was refreshingly no addendum. Now, there's a plus. While we were looking at the Altima, we were approached by a friendly salesperson named Frank. Frank complimented our taste in cars and asked if I was interested in driving anything. I told him I'd settled on the Altima SE. Uh, SL. SL. And asked if he could get the keys to the white one. He said, no problem. Asked for my driver's license. Frank was back in five minutes. We all got in the car for a test drive. Along the way, my daughter really helped our cover by enthusiastically fawning over the car. Oh, Mom, I love this. I love this car. I focused, uh, Frank focused on safety as we went over the car's feature, perhaps uh, homing in on the daughter, the child, must be protected, and he politely answered all of our questions. When we returned to the dealership, he asked my daughter if she liked it and if she was ready to take it home. Ah, 
Smart guy. Trial closed with the and kid. Li- and listen to the Frank, this, uh, this salesperson, is very sharp. Listen carefully. He gets smarter as we go along. We went inside, found a desk, waited while Frank spoke with his manager. Gone a long time. I think uh, Agent Lightning is a little sticky on time. It's, it's important. But she always complains about the time. She's focused on it. Over 15 minutes, we began to get frustrated. So that's, that's Agent Lightning for you. Just as I was about ready to give up and try to find him, Frank came back with a very sparse-looking worksheet. The top line was the net selling price, $29,175. A $3,000 discount off MSRP. Now, that's a good start. To that, to that they added a $999 dock fee, hidden, a $399 electronic filing fee, hidden fee, an $89 tag agency fee, hidden fee, uh, and sales tax, that's legit, and additional fees, they're legit, I believe, $8.50. The out-the-door price was $33,155. Frank says, don't quote me on this, <laughs> but I believe we can do 0% for 60 months on this car. He asked me what I thought. I said I had hoped that the being Memorial Day weekend, I could get a much better deal. I hope to get under $30,000 out the door. I remember this is a one-price dealer. I said that the 0% for 60 months sounded good, though, and Frank quickly corrected that the price with the 0% would be $1,000 higher. Uh, I couldn't combine the incentives. I told Frank that he was confusing me. He asked me uh, what number I needed to be at so he could work his boss. I said he needed to get me to 29000 out the door. Frank really put on a show about having to go to his boss. He said, all right, give me a minute. I know he's going to be pissed, but... Uh, too bad. I, why would he say that? I just not. I'm here to fight. He's good, though. He's good. He read everything, and he knows that he's going to be on the buyer's side against the boss. That's an old... Triangulation. Yeah, triangulation. Is that what they call it? Yeah, you Frank, and me against him. Yeah. Frank asked me to sign a paper to indicate I do business at $29,000 out the door. I don't like that, but it's, it's fitting in with the flow here. So there he goes. It only took a few minutes for him to return with a grim look on his face. And he's an actor. He's a good actor. He said his manager lost it, <laughs> told him to recommend the trim level down from the SL. Surprisingly, he didn't say, she can't afford this car, uh, the Altima SV. The worksheet had a big X through the model info, <coughs> and a handwritten SV was scrawled in ballpoint pen. What's SV mean? That's the trim level. Okay. He's SV. basically saying she yeah. can't have the yeah, SL. Okay. She's yeah. going to get the SV. I told Frank I didn't want the SV. I was willing to pay a little more for the SL. I asked him if he thought his manager would meet me in the middle, say 31000 out the door. Frank tried again. This time he came back and asked if I could raise my sights a little and do 32000 out the door. Now I ask you to remember again, this is a one-price dealer. Right. <laughs> I said I would, Frank would ask me to sign again. He was back with a fresh worksheet. Thirty-one one ninety-nine out the door. Boy, we're haggling and we're hassling, we're rocking, we're rolling. He asked if we had a deal. I said we did and thanked him. I told him I needed <laughs> that's your one price. Yeah. We're on price dealer. There's a one price. Takes us a while, but here's your one price. Uh, I told him I had to take my daughter to get us something to eat, and we would return in the afternoon to take delivery. And if you believe that, Frank, 
<laughs> I believe that you're a one-price dealer. Ain't gonna happen. <laughs> Ain't gonna happen. We left. Okay, epilogue. Absolutely shocking. No bait and switch. No pressure. No price gouging. But did lie about right. being a one-price dealer. That's reason I, I hesitated to to, um, to include that because technically. It, they violated their own policy, so that's dishonest. But at least they came yeah, down yeah. instead of raising the price. Yeah. That's a better way to violate a one-price policy. Exactly. In the favor of the customer. So there we are. There we are with uh, a big mistake that H. Greg made buying a new vehicle dealer. And uh, when you buy a new car dealership, you realize that it's a lot more frightening and difficult to stick to one price because all new Nissan Ultima SVs cost the dealer exactly the same thing. And so therefore they can sell it for exactly the same thing. And if you tell all the competitors what this one dealer will sell it for, it's so easy for them to cut the price a little bit and then you lose the sale. So when H. Greg said we're gonna be one price on the new car, they were thinking to themselves, it works real good on used cars but with a used car, you have the old, you know, every used car is different. And that's true. So you can manipulate and you can convince the, the buyer that he should pay more for a used car. You can't do that on a new car. H. Craig found out the hard way. They just didn't want to admit right. they're not going to do it anymore. And so they're lying. But we're great on the curve. Mm -hmm. They're beginning to come in. Uh, we have uh, Bob on Facebook is Mati. Um, Mark said D and then added Nissan sucks. Um, <laughs> still a little editorial. Um, Jonathan Wellington uh, it gives him a B minus, not great, but a passing grade. And then a Bob, tech, another Bob Texan C. I, I'm, I'm going to raise. We have him on the on the list for with a C right now. They did violate the the one price thing, um, but they did it in the favor of the customer. I'm going to raise them to a C plus. Sounds reasonable, right? I've got Andrew with a C minus. Tom, out the door grade D. Too many fees and old school tactics. I'd be out the door as well. Mark Smith with <laughs> a like C minus. <laughs> Ernesto suggested MSRG, the Mystery Shop Report Guide, <laughs> or grade. Document fee C minus. Grading fees C minus. Out the door grade C minus. <laughs> Tim with a C. Wayne with a C minus. And for me, I'm going to follow that trend with a C. I'm going to say, hey, you know, if you do your homework, I think you can uh, be safe. get a reasonable price mm -hmm. for today's world, today's mm -hmm. market. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, and Negan with a D plus. D plus. Yeah, that's, uh, that's key, going in with uh, knowledge. Uh, boy, I'll tell you mm -hmm. what, these car dealers, I'm going to give them a D. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Stu on this. On a C plus, uh, we have to remember that uh, it is a curve, and we're, we're shopping largely new car dealers. And in terms of new car dealers, uh, they buy they're definitely above average. And uh, for a Nissan dealer, they're definitely definitely above average. So we'll keep them on there, give them a C plus, and and uh, yeah, I can ch chastise them verbally about the one price. Why don't you just say we're not one price anymore? And then it's kind of like these dealers that charge small dealer fees. Why? It's like Elon Musk and Tesla. $1,300 on a on an expensive car like a Tesla, it's not worth it, including the price that you advertise. 
and do the same thing with the uh, with the new car. Okay, I think, um, Stu, do you have any more talk? Yeah, there's one that came in, if we can squeeze in. I, I missed this one. Um, uh, Steve on Facebook has a question. He says, we had a leak in the power steering hose in our Ford Edge. The fix was pretty expensive. He wants to know how much should it cost? Do you know, Rick, like a power steering hose? I, that's going to depend on the model a whole lot. I'm not super familiar with the Edge. The part price, probably 100 to $150, depending on what hose it is. Mm -hmm. But some of those can be really yeah. difficult to yeah. get it changed out. How many hours, like in a Toyota, would that call, be called for? A couple uh, hours? Or? Again, if, if it's Depends on the one, one line on the car, could be 15 minutes to change it. And another one, some of the, the way they run, four to five hours. Yeah. Bob, I'd just, uh, maybe make a couple of calls and shop it around. Or I don't know if you already did it and paid for it, but... Um, sounds like there's a pretty big range on the potential cost for that. Yeah, remember that you have a right to a written estimate, and they can only vary in Florida. Uh, I don't know about other states. In Florida, you get a written estimate, so always get the estimate in writing, and that way you can shop and compare it. I mean, perfect way to get the best price. And you don't have to take it to a dealer. Uh, a power steering hose is something that is fairly basic, and you get a price for the hose, you get a price for the repair, get three or four quotes, and you'll get a really good deal. Check a couple of the independent shops. Um, places like Pep Boys are pretty good, but also in, uh, check the shops and check their information online for what people say about them for reviews. Mm -hmm. If you get a whole bunch of different people saying, yeah, this, this place is really worthwhile, it's worth checking out. You know, one thing I haven't tried doing, and we should do this, is uh, Google cost of repairs. Uh, I, you know, you might be able to Google uh, cost of the repair on a power steering and see what, and maybe chat room somewhere to see what the prices are. Forum sites are, for me, are a fantastic source of information. Uh, the different car owners will all get together on these forum sites, and you'll have guys in there that, guys and ladies actually, that are incredibly knowledgeable, especially about that particular make and model. So like Ford Forum, Chevrolet Forum, Toyota Forum. Exactly. Yeah. And it even comes down to model specific, like uh, the Toyota Tacoma. I'm, I love reading the forums on those. That's mm -hmm. So F-O-R-U-M, uh, so you could uh, just put the make of the car ahead of it, and almost all manufacturers have that? Every manufacturer yeah. for almost yeah. anything. Is that right? It's amazing. It's, it's also organically grown, just like fans and consumers that put these mm -hmm. together. It's kind of like the remember the Chia's, uh, the Prius chat forum. Mm -hmm. It became huge. Um, really promoted Rick's epic trip up to D.C. all those years <laughs> yeah. ago, and um, and that spontaneously organically formed with Prius fans, and it became a huge source of re referring for sales, finding the good dealers that weren't gouging, and also mechanical issues. It, uh, so mm -hmm. yeah, they sprung up all over the place. So. Yep. There's probably people with a uh, Yugo forum out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's so much information out there, we're going to be out of business. Exactly. If people, you know, Rick will be out of business. No, no, no. We uh, condense it. What we do, we summarize, condense, and, and present it in bite-sized yeah. chunks yeah. Uh, for, for listeners. We're making ourselves obsolete. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Followers. I think we're all through. Oh, we are, definitely. Uh, Steve, that was an interesting comment that you made. Uh, he said that uh, northern New Jersey has uh, a lot of Tesla's a whole lot. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars. We're happy you could spend the morning with us. Stay tuned next week. We'll be right back here and have a 
a great Memorial Day weekend.